Hi there, and welcome to Pod Rocket. I'm Paul, and today with us I have Greg Brimble, and he's a systems engineer at Cloudflare. Welcome to the podcast, Greg. Hiya, thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. So recently, you spoke at RemixConf. I did, yes, um, just the other week. Um, first time out in Salt Lake City, so that was nice to go and sort of explore and see the place. Um, but yes, I gave a talk um, called Full Stack Fast, Data on the Edge um, at RemixConf. And yeah, just thought, got invited to chat about it here. Do you, was, did the talk go well? You had a good time? Yeah, I was uh, pretty happy with it. It went as well as I could have hoped. So um, yeah, it's my first in-person conference talk. So that was fun. Um, great to meet all the other speakers and chat about Remix and just the web in general. Um, yeah, it was really good fun. Yeah, so like like you mentioned, hopefully we'll touch upon the topics that you talked about in that conference. And in, in general, we're going to talk about the edge and how the edge is changing web development today. And you're specifically working on the pages component of Cloudflare right now, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, Cloudflare, like traditionally, is a CDN, content delivery network. And um, the way that typically works is that you'll have some origin server somewhere in the world, and Cloudflare sits in front and then delivers that content um, to your visitors from all over the world. And the idea being that with like a big global network, you can um, deliver it, uh, it more performantly and, and you can sit in front and watch for security and um, just keep like your website reliable. That's the sort of premise of Cloudflare as a CDN. Um, pages and workers are sort of a stab at a um, developer platform and um, offering like, originless or serverless um, products to developers. And that just means you don't need to have the origin. Cloudflare can be the thing that delivers the content straight from its network. Um, so yes, I work on pages, which was starting off as a Jamstack platform for developers. So you can just host your like static sites, like a Gatsby site or whatever. Um, but since we launched Pages Functions uh, last year, um, we sort of started um, expanding our offering and now we're able to offer sort of compute and that brings about support for like Remix and SvelteKit and these other sort of full stack frameworks. So you mentioned Jamstack for people that might not be familiar with that. What does that stand for? Uh, Jamstack is uh, JavaScript APIs and markup, I think. Um, so uh this is sort of a technology stack that um came about i guess 2010s sort of time and um the idea was that we would um break out all the static pieces of your application all of the like javascript and the html and the images and your style sheets and all these sort of pieces that rarely change um deliver them on a cdn and that would mean that when your user comes to visit your um website, they're able to just quickly download those pieces. And then um, you can load out all the data and stuff uh, separately. So you get a really fast sort of page render, and the rest of your app can follow. Gotcha. Awesome. Thanks for that quick overview. Uh, so when we hop into the speaking about the edge, could we uh, quickly define, you know, what the what the edge really means, and kind of going back, maybe with a history of how websites were kind of constructed and why we arrived at the edge now as being the go-to solution. I'll start with the history and then get onto the present day. So um, sort of 
back in the day of like when you had a rented server, like a PHP instance and a MySQL database or something, you were renting like some virtual shared machine or something like that. Um, and you were typically renting it in one location and then all of your visitors to your website were um, phoned to that machine and then the machine would render some response and it would be delivered back to you. So if that one machine went down, then your whole website went down. So it wasn't very scalable. Um, but it was pretty good because everything was all in one place and it was quite easy to sort of manage, um, generally, anyway. Um, so then, like, Jamstack came along and um, we broke out the static assets part of your app but kept, like, your data wherever it was. Um, then we had sort of, like... Um, the the next iteration of this was people starting to realize that the data being in your um in that one place was kind of not great because it meant that in order to render your app for um, visitors all over the world they still had to phone into this one spot. So uh, the likes of Fauna and other sort of data platforms came around and they started delivering your data um on their own networks so that it meant that your um visitors were able to just make a relatively local request they only needed to hit somewhere within their own content rather than uh, continent rather than like across the ocean um and then now with um more powerful cdns and stuff that are able to do compute and storage we're able to have um like full apps running on these um, networks and you don't need to have necessarily um collects to external data platforms so the edge is sort of just like the terminology that we use to describe the network of machines that we have all over the world so like cloudflare has i don't know 250 or so um locations and um all of these um places are just whenever an incoming request um is sent to cloudflare we just route it to the nearest data location um and that will hopefully just give the best performance for that request now out of curiosity you say the nearest location is there a lot of other magic i guess we could call it going on in terms of like what if one location is really bogged down because there's just like a ton of people there would you guys go send it to the lowest latency location yeah definitely so there's a whole bunch of different um routing rules that go on and i'm not on that team so i don't know half of the technical magic that they do um but pretty much exactly like you said so we have um, a whole bunch of different locations. Sometimes they might be overwhelmed because there's a whole bunch of traffic. Um, we it's really interesting to sort of see the uh, like circadian um, uh, cycle as the the day progresses. You see sort of parts of the world wake up, and then those data centers become um, hot or like overwhelmed. Um, so there's that. Sometimes there's maintenance running. Sometimes there's just like internet congestion, like some backbone or something is down and um, we need to take a different path or whatever. So the way that sort of Cloudflare works is we have an anycast network. And that just basically means that we broadcast all of our data locations on the same like address. So whenever you make a connection to Cloudflare, it can go to any place. It doesn't really matter. And then I guess the smart people who are in charge of the network figure out how exactly best to write this. There's a whole bunch of like automation there, but sometimes they'll manually take one down if there's a problem or, or whatever. But yeah, the idea is basically we'll do a best effort of can we get this to the closest and um, most performant place for you in order to actually answer that request. Now, Cloudflare has not just like this these edge 
sort of components. I mean, you could also call the edge as the CDN. Like a CDN is also sort of like an edge technology, right? You're taking content and distributing it. Yeah. Um, really, the edge is just like the concept of having um, computers near to your users that like aren't in their control. So you can run um, stuff securely on there. Um, but the point is that it's close and nearby to wherever your users are. So the uh, Cloudflare workers technology is really great. I've been very happily using it myself for a few projects. Um, how is that different and similar to the pages arm that you're working on? Yeah, so I think workers came first, maybe, oh gosh, 2019-ish, 2018 maybe. Um, and that was our first serverless um, offering. So we were able to run a worker between um, the uh, origin of whatever you had and you could manipulate the incoming request or the outgoing response. And that was really cool because it meant you could like do really programmatic stuff like adding headers or A-B testing or whatever it was that you wanted to do to that request. Um, and then we had uh, something called worker sites when we added KV, which is our key value data store. Um, and that let people host um, sites entirely on workers. It was really cool, but it was self-managed. Um, and like I say, it was using KV. This was our first data offering as Cloudflare. And so, um, yeah, people were spinning up, me, myself included, like our portfolio sites and things like this on this um, cool new tech. And it was um, really pretty cool. But we realized that worker sites was quite difficult to manage. Um, you had to write your um, logic for getting the assets out of KV and your writing was quite difficult to manage and stuff. So we came up with um, Cloudflare Pages, which is basically just a managed version of worker sites. So you would build your Gatsby site or your Create React app or whatever it was, have an output folder of um, static assets. They would be put into KV for you and then we would just deliver on our network. And that's basically what Pages was um, as a Jamstack platform. Um, like I say, last year we added Pages functions. Um, it's in beta at the moment and has been for a few months. Um, and that let us add in um, sort of workers compute onto the Pages platform as well. So you're able to not only just serve the static assets, but also do all of the stuff that workers does as well. So that's really what you need for the fully fledged, like full stack app. Um, and yeah, it's been really cool. We've seen SvelteKit, uh, Remix, and Quick, I think are the three frameworks that we have at the moment. Obviously more to come as they, um, as the sort of uh, industry is moving in that direction and also the frameworks add support. Um, it's been really cool to see everyone sort of adopt this new way of writing apps, um, like edge native sort of thing. Right, it's almost like taking a back seat uh, from the, you know, the operator's chair of taking your app, your app, you know, your portfolio site or whatever it is, and you're just kind of summing it up to the uh, service you're paying for and working with its strengths and weaknesses to really accomplish what you want to accomplish. It's, it's a different way to think about the whole pie. For sure. Like if you're just building a portfolio um, blog site or whatever, you shouldn't have to worry about scaling or Kubernetes or anything. Obviously that's so far removed from the problem you're actually trying to solve. So um the edge and serverless and all this sort of stuff lets us um, just abstract all of that away 
And you're right, there are pros and cons to it. It means that you don't get a full node environment. So you don't get maybe some of the libraries that you're expecting to work. Um, but the obviously pro is that you just don't need to handle any of the resources for serving that website. Do you find pages a good environment for people to employ the strengths of like server-side rendering and, you know, certain speed-ups in that area? I certainly hope so. <laughs> That's uh, certainly what we're trying to do. Pages is sort of like an easy on-ramp onto the serverless world. Um, at least that's what we're trying to be. Um, so we have like uh, remix starters and, and quick starters and all this sort of stuff. So it's just like a MPX create remix or something like that. And then you select Cloudflare pages and you're pretty much good to deploy straight away. Um, just tweak at your will to make it into whatever it is you actually want to be um, serving. Hey, this is Emily, one of the producers for PodRocket. I'm so glad you're enjoying this episode. You probably hear this from lots of other podcasts, but we really do appreciate our listeners. Without you, there would be no podcast. And because of that, it would really help if you could follow us on Apple Podcasts so we can continue to bring you conversations with great devs like Evan Yu and Rich Harris. In return, we'll send you some awesome PodRocket stickers. So check out the show notes on this episode and follow the link to claim your stickers as a small thanks for following us on Apple Podcasts. All right, back to the show. Now, when you deploy something to Cloudflare, it automatically gets prop propagated out to all these different nodes and locations so it's close to your users. Are there any sort of paradigms that you would like to talk about or suggest to people when they're writing applications either on pages or on workers that will help them take advantage of this behavior of things being deployed out in this way or write you know certain advantages for other features that you guys have over at Cloudflare yeah so the big thing for me and what was the premise of my um remix conf talk um is data so it's really easy if you're operating like a stateless app that is just um that doesn't matter about any of the other previous requests. You just take in one request and give it an answer. That's really easy to do. Um, but when you have state and you need to like keep track of who a user is or um, some document that they were working on, you need to save it or something like that, that's when it starts to get complicated. And the reason it gets complicated is because um, all of that data is dispersed all around the world. So um, in the case of where you have like a single server that you've rented and it's running in one place, really easy you just have a database and it's all just kept there and you can just look up the thing but when you have um let's say you have like you're working on like a google docs collaborative environment sort of thing and you have users from all over the world working on this one thing how do you avoid like collisions and things like this in the case of a single database it's really easy you just like um persist and then the last one that wrote wins um but in the case of like distributed data it can it can become a lot more complicated so um, we at Cloudflare have a bunch of different data products. So we started with KV and then we came up with um, durable objects, DO, um, and then R2 and in the works is D1. So a whole bunch of somewhat um, obscure names, um, but they all solve different problems. So KV is our key value data store, great for storing um anything that is read very often and written to infrequently. So that's something that's highly available, but not strongly consistent. 
Um, durable objects is the opposite. It is strongly consistent and isn't highly available. There's only ever one of them in the uh, in the world. Um, R2 is like a blob object store. And D1 is going to be our first SQL database. Um, so there's a whole bunch of stuff we can get into about D1 later. But um, we offer all of these different types of products, these data products, to solve different types of data problems that you have. So um, based off of whatever the data is that you're trying to save, you should be choosing to store it in these different types of products um, for the different properties that they have. Um, so yeah, the biggest problem is sort of just deciding when you're like modeling out your app, how can I make this data persist in some way that makes sense for whatever it is. Now, one thing I do know about R2 is it's part of this bandwidth alliance, right? So you can basically egress to your heart's delight uh, for no additional charge once you get something in. Why does Cloudflare do this? Because I, I would find that pretty unique in the current offerings of you know the cloud products out there. Um, and how do you guys pull that off? Like, how do you make that work? Yeah, so I think... I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure all of the sort of things under the worker's umbrella um, have no egress costs. And um, you're right. It is a differentiating factor. Most other places do charge for bandwidth, be it the Jamstack platforms that compete with pages or um, like object stores like S3 or whatever. They, they charge for bandwidth. And the reason we sort of don't need to is because we started with this like massive CDN. So um, we, um, as a company, uh, invested really highly in making all these connections with the different um, internet providers and all this sort of stuff so that we're able to offer um, competitive bandwidth, like peering and, and pricing and all this sort of stuff. And because we started with that, and that's like the bread and butter of Cloudflare, um, I think we're in a position to offer it for free for our, our customers. Yeah, I mean, that's it's really cool. It kind of opens up the door for a lot of interesting business opportunities, I guess, for people who are trying to distribute and, you know, store data in a much more cost effective way. Definitely. Yeah, for serving applications and also as part of just like vendor lock in. Um, it means that you're not scared to sort of start on an app on Cloudflare um, and fear having to then migrate because of some massive egress cost that you're going to have to face. Um, that just isn't the case and obviously isn't what we want to do for our users. So, yeah. So you're mentioning also, you know, Pages is coming up with this compute and even a serverless sort of environment functions, right? Um, do you do you feel like Cloudflare is chasing an idea to sort of become a highly available edge distributed service offering that most people would find aligned to something like AWS that's been out for a while now? Certainly, like AWS have um, their own edge um, compute uh, for lambdas and lambdas at edge, um, as do other networks like uh, Fastly. I think there's this compute at edge. Um, so it's something that the whole industry is looking at. Um, workers, I think, was pretty early to the to the um, to the industry, and we've been sort of adding more and more products and features onto this platform to hopefully let people build complete, like fully fledged apps all in one place. Um, so yeah, it does compete with these other, um, other companies and, and their products for sure. But um, it's a growing space and it's not like we've um, capped out. So I think people are pretty free to 
um, get started with any uh, of these providers, start playing around with how they build apps on the edge. And um, then hopefully, like I say, we're in a place where it's relatively easy to move between these two dif- uh, these uh, different companies and products. So speaking of like the, the whole stack and, and all the products that you know we're mentioning here, what is in your, your definition, the Cloudflare Disco stack? Ah, so the um, Disco stack is um, something for uh, Remix. Remix, when they launched, um, uh, sorry, a couple of months after they launched, they had this idea for uh, Remix stacks. So the, I think they launched with three official ones, uh, ooh, Indie, Grunge, and something else. can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but they are just sort of, templates to let people get started um with a like production ready app um that you can just sort of tweak to whatever you need it to be um but it comes with all of the things that you need to deploy so that might be some database somewhere it might be an authentication service or whatever um they have all of the components of your app ready to go um, and they encouraged us and other people to write their own stacks um, that took um, advantage of whatever it was that they could offer. So with um, all of our sort of data offerings that Cloudflare have and are, are getting with D1, um, the idea is that we'll be able to offer a Remix stack for people who want to build Remix apps um, and have all of these different types of data pro- um, plat- eh, products ready to go for anyone who wants to get started with it. Yeah, it sounds like Remix is really well positioned right now um, in the direction that these edge technologies are moving because it has, you know, the really good support for tying into these, you know, server-side services. It's kind of like Next.js. Yeah, so they are one of the um, most strongest proponents of, like, using uh, standards uh, like web web fetch standards and um the reason they're so interested in that is because they want to be platform agnostic and they want their remix app to be able to be deployed in as many different targets as possible cloudflare pages is just one of them um but by having this sort of standardized approach it means that they're just able to take an app and transplant it into any of these different targets that's really cool um what's uh, going to be interesting is to see how all of the companies and products um, align and get to offer sort of a standard environment for all these things to run. Um, but it seems to be going in that direction. So yeah, it's an exciting sort of future. And Remix are probably one of the first to really um, jump in and take advantage of it. What's one of the ways do you think it really stands out in the ways it takes advantage I mean, if you just look at their documentation for Remix, they just constantly link to like Mozilla's MDN, I think developer network um, docs that they have. And uh, it's just constantly referencing the standards that already exist, that already work in browsers. Um, So it's nice to have that sort of high quality documentation and Remix have just sort of sprinkled stuff on top to make it easier to use, um, but isn't anything like fundamentally different from what's already there. Just so it has kind of like a minimal approach, but a very solid foundation. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they encourage you to use um, the, the the platform, as they call it, as much as you can, um, and that just makes sense. That's been how you write Cloudflare workers for since day zero. So um, it's great to see them adopting the same approach. 
Well, Greg, is there any other things that you would like to bring up about, you know, what you're excited about to work on with Cloudflare pages and other, you know, exciting examples or use cases that you've seen uh, as a kind of closing topic? Yeah, well, I'll say um, the Disco stack we were just mentioning, it, it isn't ready to go just yet. Um, we're sort of waiting on two things. One is um, our D1 database being made available. Right now it's being worked on as we speak. Um, and I think closed beta very shortly. Um, so until that's ready, we won't really be able to offer that as part of the Disco stack. And part two is um, resource provisioning, which is this feature that Pages is working on offering. And that will let us um, detect requirements of, an, of a project and then help users provision um, the requirements um, as they do their first deployment. So the idea would be that you would have like a Disco stack template that you just get started with and it go, oh, we see like a D1 database and we see a durable object that looks like this. And we would sort of walk you through the process of uh, creating those and getting them instantiated before we can actually do your deployment. And hopefully that just sort of makes the post, like the onboarding process really easy. Uh, no more following the hundred steps in a readme. Um, it's hopefully just a really nice, like I say, onboarding ramp to the serverless world. Um, so yeah, that'll be coming in like a couple of months. And um, at that point, Disco Stack will be ready for people to play around with. So really excited to get started working on that and hopefully get it in people's hands sooner rather than later. Um, in terms of what I've seen, um, there's been so many different, like completely different types of apps that have been built on pages and workers, um, some with Remix, um, but yeah, there's just so, so I don't, I wouldn't even know where to start. Some people are just building like little services for their business, like the authentication service or whatever. And they just sort of swapping out whatever they had old with this new worker service. And some people are building just simple marketing sites or, um, full stack apps, taking advantage of the whole thing. Um, but it's really, really cool um, to see all these different types of things. And uh, we have a Cloudflare Discord server that um, is uh, just a fantastic place. Like people are constantly posting all these different types of examples and things and very often open source. So you can just go and pick through, steal all the good bits and um, make whatever it is you're, you're wanting. Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, we can get the Discord link and put it down below for anybody uh listening that wants to go check it out well greg uh thank you for your time coming on and talking about pages briefly the uh, Jamstack or <laughs> the Jamstack and the cloudflare cloudflare disco stack mm -hmm. and it's a we'll be excited for when what is it d1 comes out that's the name of the that is yeah postgres great um is there any other socials that you would like to mention or shoutouts. I'm at Greg Brimble on just about everything. Twitter is probably the best place, but um, yeah, uh, any questions, just let me know. Great. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you, Greg. Thanks for listening to PodRocket. You can find us at PodRocketPod on Twitter, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks.